Athaliah rises to the throne in Judah, while a little boy lingers in the temple of God. Wickedness reigns, but God still has his man. On the Bible Brief. Pick up your Bible and read along with us today. Learning happens better with a Bible in your hand. Athaliah bided her time. Years ago, she was given by her father Ahab to marry the son of the king of Judah. It was the first marriage of its kind between the two kingdoms, and Athaliah would use it to her advantage. When her father-in-law Jehoshaphat died, her influence expanded, and she was able to twist the kingdom to be more like the place where she'd grown up. Judah began to become like Israel had been, under her father Ahab and mother Jezebel. Athaliah was instrumental in turning Judah to the Baals and Asherah. Her husband was twisted by Athaliah's counsel, and he even folded under the desire to accumulate power. Upon ascending the throne, he wasn't content to be king with brothers who might rebel, so he killed all his brothers so that none might challenge him. He was a bad man and a bad king, made worse by the slithering tongue of Athaliah. Yet for God's part, his promises in the Davidic covenant superseded his desire to judge this wicked king. We read that the Lord was not willing to destroy the house of David because of the covenant that he had made with David, and since he had promised to give a lamp to him and his sons forever. Athaliah's husband was an awful ruler and lost much of the land that Judah had consolidated under prior kings. They rejected Yahweh in favor of all the corrupt practices from their neighbors to the north, and the king's wicked rule was even addressed by the prophet Elijah before he was taken to heaven. We read this in 2 Chronicles chapter 21, starting in verse 12. And a letter came to him from Elijah the prophet, saying, Thus says Yahweh the God of David your father, Because you have not walked in the ways of Jehoshaphat your father, or in the ways of Asa, king of Judah, but have walked in the ways of the kings of Israel, and have enticed Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem into whoredom, as the house of Ahab led Israel into whoredom. And also you have killed your brothers of your father's house, who were better than you. Behold, Yahweh will bring a great plague on your people, your children, your wives, and all your possessions, and you yourself will have a severe sickness with a disease of your bowels, until your bowels come out because of the disease." day by day. And the Lord stirred up against the king the anger of the Philistines and of the Arabians who were near the Ethiopians. And they came up against Judah and invaded it and carried away all the possessions that they found that belonged to the king's house, and also his sons and his wives, so that no son was left to him except his youngest. And after all this, the Lord struck him in his bowels with an incurable disease. In the course of time, At the end of two years, his bowels came out because of the disease, and he died in great agony. His people made no fire in his honor, like the fires made for his fathers. He was thirty-two years old when he began to reign, and he reigned eight years in Jerusalem. And he departed with no one's regret. They buried him in the city of David, but not in the tombs of the kings. Athaliah's husband, Jehoram, dies in disgrace, with a grave of little honor compared to the kings that came before him. No one would miss him, and no one would mourn him. His wicked rule would pass with agony, 
followed by a whimper. Now, after her husband's death, Athaliah became the queen mother. She still enjoyed royal status, though instead of her husband being king, it was her only remaining male child. Athaliah continued to use her influence over her son to continue the rebellious direction of the kingdom of Judah. Through her influence and other bad counselors, her son even allied himself with the king of Israel in battle against Syria, a battle that would end in the death of both kings. When Athaliah's son came to visit the injured king of Israel, they were both assassinated by Jehu, the usurper who would become the next king over Israel. Both kings of both kingdoms assassinated in the same day, creating opportunity for the rise of new leadership in the kingdoms. Jehu took over Israel, but down in Judah, wickedness bubbled up to brutality. Athaliah took her opportunity. Athaliah must have been one of the first in Jerusalem to hear that her son the king was dead. Perhaps the bearers of the news wanted to ensure that the mother did not find out through hearsay, so they came to her first with the grave news. It seems, however, that rather than mourning, she lashed out. She would shed royal blood that day, and lots of it. Whether by her own hand or by the hand of a loyal subject, we don't know, but Athaliah immediately went on a spree killing all of the royal family. The people with whom she had held court for her entire adult life became the victims of her murderous lust for power. She became the grandmother who killed her own grandchildren, killing any and all with a potential claim on the throne of Judah. And through this killing, the queen rose. She rose to not merely queen, but a reigning queen, the single ruler of the nation, with no king to answer to. More than that, she severed the Davidic rule over the nation. David was now without a king on the throne, and God's covenant looked like it might fail. Athaliah was no offspring of David's. No, she was the granddaughter of Amri, the daughter of Ahab, now queen over Judah. Little did the queen know that she'd forgotten someone a little baby boy hidden away from the bloodshed. First he was hidden in a bedroom with his nurse, then moved into the temple of God to be hidden by the priests. And there in the temple, the boy grew, year by year, as he was hidden from his brutal grandmother. You can only imagine these years for the people of Jerusalem and Judah. It had only been about ten years since the reign of the good king Jehoshaphat ended. Most people in the little kingdom remembered the amazing success of the God-honoring kingship. Thanks to being trained in the law of Moses by the order of Jehoshaphat, they understood that the kingship was reserved to the tribe of Judah. Everyone knew that Athaliah's rule was illegitimate, and yet fear surely was what kept them in line for those years. Yet God was working. He had not forgotten his promise to the house of David even if David's rule had been interrupted. As the infant in the temple grew into a little boy, the priests finally decided that it was time to act. Athaliah's devious reign would come crashing down around her, and one priest in particular would make it all happen. Jehoiada, the tutor of the boy, who would be king. We read this in 2 Kings chapter 11. In the seventh year, Jehoiada sent and brought the captains of the guards and had them come to the house of the Lord. 
And he made a covenant with them, and put them under oath in the house of the Lord, and showed them the young boy. And he commanded them, This is the thing that you shall do. One third of you, those who come off duty on the Sabbath and guard the king's house, shall guard the palace. And the two divisions of you, which come on duty in force on the Sabbath, and guard the house of the Lord on behalf of the king, shall surround the king, each with his weapons in his hand. And whoever approaches the ranks is to be put to death. Be with the king when he goes out, and when he comes in. The captains did according to all that Jehoiada the priest commanded. And they each brought his men who were to go off duty on the Sabbath, and those who were to come on duty on the Sabbath, and came to Jehoiada the priest. And the priest gave to the captains the spears and the shields that had been King David's, which were in the house of the Lord. And the guards stood, every man with his weapons in his hand, from the south side of the house to the north side of the house, around the altar and the house on behalf of the king. Jehoiada is planning to retake the throne for the house of David. This courageous priest will put an end to Athaliah. He commands the guards over the temple to arm themselves in order to bring the young king out of the temple to be crowned king before the people. They are going to do a surprise anointing so that Athaliah will not have opportunity to act in opposition. Just as she surprised her own grandchildren with death, so she would be surprised by her lost grandchild portending her own death. Jehoiada launched his plan and the guards did as instructed. We read, Then Jehoiada brought out the king's son from the temple, and put the crown on him and gave him the testimony, and they proclaimed him king and anointed him, and they clapped their hands and said, Long live the king! When Athaliah heard the noise of the guard and of the people, she went into the house of the Lord to the people. And when she looked, there was the king standing by the pillar according to the custom and the captains and the trumpeters beside the king, and all the people of the land rejoicing and blowing trumpets. And Athaliah tore her clothes and cried, Treason! Treason! Then Jehoiada the priest commanded the captains who were set over the army, Bring her out between the ranks, and put to death with the sword anyone who follows her. So they laid hands on her, and she went through the horse's entrance to the king's house, and there she was put to death. The queen of Judah was bested by a faithful priest of Yahweh who had courage enough to depose this wicked woman from her ill-gained throne. Instead, he instills the young Joash as king, and at just seven years old, this young boy begins his reign over the kingdom of Judah as the surviving member of the house of David. God worked through Jehoiada to preserve David's king, and God finally brought an end to the house of Amri, a wickedness that spread rapidly before being snuffed out with little resistance. Now, with seven-year-old King Joash, Jehoiada had a choice to make. As the boy's tutor, he was the one with the most influence over the new king, and he could help the king rule righteously, or he could be like the evil advisors before him. Thankfully, as a faithful priest, he chooses the former righteous path. We read this in 2 Chronicles chapter 23, starting in verse 16. And Jehoiada made a covenant between himself and all the people and the king that they should be the Lord's people. Then all the people went to the house of Baal and tore it down. His altars and his images they broke in pieces, and they killed Matan, the priest of Baal, before the altars. And Jehoiada posted watchmen for the house of the Lord under the direction of the Levitical priests and the Levites whom David had organized to be in charge of the house of the Lord. 
to offer burnt offerings to the Lord, as it is written in the law of Moses, with rejoicing and with singing, according to the order of David. He stationed the gatekeepers at the gates of the house of the Lord, so that no one should enter who is in any way unclean. And he took the captains, the nobles, the governors of the people, and all the people of the land, and they brought the king down from the house of the Lord, marching through the upper gate to the king's house. And they set the king on the royal throne. So all the people of the land rejoiced, and the city was quiet after Athaliah had been put to death with the sword. God's promises can appear defeated. They can appear so far from fulfillment as to be forgotten. Evil may seem so rampant that it overwhelms, and wickedness so pervasive that it threatens all we hold dear. But take a page from the scriptures and take hope. Even in the worst moments, God has his men and women. A woman to take a young child to safety in the temple. A priest to raise the young boy. A soldier to protect the king during coronation. His promises may appear defeated, but his work isn't done. He's using everything around us to accomplish his purposes, and he's using us. You may be the woman who saves the baby. You may be the man who raises up the child. You may be the soldier to protect the innocent. In any case, God is using you. And if you're a believer, he's using you for his most important work. The work of spreading his kingdom message to a world gone astray. Our news is nothing less than heralding the coming king. There's still a man from David's line, now in heaven for a time, awaiting his return when he will rule over every land as king. Join us next time as we go back to Israel and a new power rises in the Middle East. The kingdoms have suffered an earthquake, but soon they'll suffer even worse. The Bible Brief is brought to you by the Bible Literacy Foundation, dedicated to helping people like you learn the Bible. Copyright Bible Literacy Foundation 2023